Have you started prepping and gotten bogged down, found it overwhelming, didn't know what to do next, and just quit? Do you have other things in life that you really want to accomplish, but you can't seem to make it work? Stay with us. We can help with that. Welcome to Practical Prep. Today is August 4th, 2023, and this is episode number 403. This is the prepping podcast. No bunkers, no zombies, no alien invasions, just practical prepping, where we believe that stuff happens, so we need to stay prepared. And we're here to help you get prepared. Hi, I'm Krista. And I'm Mark. And today we'll be talking about practicing discipline and goal setting in preparedness and in life. These tips will help us with our prepping, but they'll also help us in every aspect of our lives. If you'd like the expanded notes on this episode, go to practicalprepping.info slash 403. We have reprised the Practical Prepping monthly newsletter, and if you're not yet receiving it, you need to give us an email at info at practicalprepping.info, or you can just go to the contact link on the website. We also need to ask you a favor. To help keep our show growing, we're asking that you share this podcast with just one person this week. Won't cost you a cent. Spread the news. Let people know about our podcast. And you can let more than one know if you'd like, but we're asking <laughs> yeah. you to let at least one person know this week about the podcast. All right, let's get to our topic. You know, prepping is not a one-time activity. Mm. It's an ongoing process, and it takes time and patience. It can be learned, and it can become a way of life. You know, practicing this type of discipline and preparedness is quite essential for maintaining a consistent and effective approach. So we've gathered some tips to help you cultivate discipline and set goals in your preparedness efforts. And as we have said before, this works in our prepping, but it also can help in other aspects of our lives. First thing we want to do is set some clear goals. Now, our goals must be SMART. That stands for Specific, Measurable, Attainable, Relevant, and Time-Bound. They need a completion date. They need to be written down and clearly define what you want to achieve. Okay, so you want to establish a specific target to work towards. You know, I heard years ago in business, you can't hit a target unless you can see it. So I think writing it down does help visualize it for you. It does. And how can you hit a target you don't have? (laughs) You can't. (laughs) And so that's, you know, that's taking a very broad approach and taking a huge chance on where you end up. You need to establish specific targets to work towards. That could be having a certain amount of supplies. Krista and I set a goal at one point of having a certain amount of food. And one thing that we figured out we were lacking at that point in time was water. So we set a goal to have a, a certain amount of water set by by a particular date. And so we attain that. It might be a goal of acquiring new skills or completing specific tasks. You know, you can break your goals into action steps. And what that means is they can be broken down into smaller and more manageable steps to make them easier to tackle. And they don't look so big either. You know, that's probably how I do it. I set kind of a large general goal and then I kind of like pie wedge it and and break it down into portions that I think helps my mind be able to get started and stay with it. 
I do mine in kind of an outline. This is the very next action I need to take. And then what action do I need to take after that? And then the action after that. So that's how I break mine down. One thing that you can do is create a schedule or a routine. Now, it can be daily, weekly, monthly, or quarterly routines. We have quarterly routines for changing or updating our car bags, our get-home bags. Yes, sometimes we have to change out whatever is seasonal. Mm -hmm. Winter stuff comes out during the summer, and then the summer stuff gets stored during the winter, and so on and so on. And we have monthly goals for some things. We have weekly, and actually I have daily goals as well. One of those is making sure I get on that exercise bike long enough to help drop my blood sugar. And it's working. It's working well. But we need to allocate dedicated time to focus on different aspects of preparedness. It might be inventory checks this week. It might be skill building next week or updating your emergency plan. But consistency in following a routine can help you build that discipline over time. One thing you like to do also that I'm glad that you've included in this episode is to prioritize and to stay focused, which means to identify the most critical areas of your preparedness that requires immediate attention and go ahead and prioritize those so that you can focus on one thing at a time. And to be honest with you, all I do is figure out what's most important to Krista and the least likely to get me in trouble. (laughs) And that is priority one, what she wants done. But now we can also identify activities or habits that distract us from our goals and find a way to minimize or eliminate them. I know what you're thinking. Devices. Well, devices is one thing. It can be any number of things. That's true. A good nap can distract me. (laughs) Uh, The wood shop can distract me. But we need to set those boundaries and identify those things. And that's where setting a schedule. And and it doesn't have to be from 9 o'clock to 10 o'clock I'm doing this. But I'm going to spend an hour doing this. And then I'm going to spend an hour doing this. And in my case, that changes from day to day. Part of that has to do with what time Krista has to leave. I like to get up and spend those first hour or two of the morning drinking coffee with her. And then I start my day dependent on whatever time she has to leave. And then I pretty much do the same thing each day. Now, this week, it's been working outside while it is not so hot in the early morning. Do that, then I come in and I start doing my inside work, the things that I need to do at the desk, or or it might be editing, or all sorts of things. But yes, you're correct. That includes Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube. Some folks can go down that rabbit hole for hours and hours at a time. Yeah, they call that a time suck. It is a time suck, (laughs) and I do get caught up in it from time to time as well. Same. Now, I do try to spend some time every day on the Practical Prepping Facebook page. I like to interact with our listeners, but I have to be careful in managing my time effectively. And one thing is having a dedicated workspace. And right now we're building an office for Krista, or rather we're building a desk for her. We have the place where it's going to go, 
but I've got a woodshop project building a desk for her. Yay! Another tool that helps with what we're talking about tonight is to stay consistent. So consistency very much is key. Making preparedness a habit by incorporating it into your everyday life. So you want to consistently practice your skills and consistently review and update your supplies. You know, recently I did a prepper pantry and a kitchen pantry organization day where I just, I had lost touch with exactly what I had in the food stores. And I just had to take the time to pull everything out, organize it and put it back in in a more orderly manner. And also you want to stay informed about any potential new risks and changes that have happened in your environment. One example is today, we've already had the first line of thunderstorms come through, and we're expecting round two tonight and round three tomorrow. So being aware of that, we know that we need to do certain things. There was a time that Krista would bring certain plants in. We'll be more prepared for having to go to weather mode if we need to, but that comes about by staying informed. Let's take a short break for sponsors, and we'll come back and talk about some more things that we can do to help us in our goal setting and in getting more things done. A food shortage could be coming. Even in the United States, economic experts wrote at the end of the summer crop season. Farmers sense it, too. John Boyd, Jr., a fourth-generation farmer, told Fox News that, quote, we're going to see empty food shelves in the coming months, end of quote. That's why survival food is more important than ever. Create your own stockpile of the best-selling Four Patriots survival food kits. It's not ordinary food. We're talking good-for-25-years super survival food, hand-packed right in a family-owned facility in the USA and giving jobs to over 200 Americans. The kits are compact, sturdy, water-resistant, and they stack easily. They have different delicious breakfasts, lunches, dinners. You can make these meals in less than 20 minutes. Just add boiling water, simmer, and serve. And right now, you can go to fourpatriots.com and use code PREPPER to get 10% off your first purchase on anything in the store. You'll get their famous guarantee for an entire year after your order, plus free shipping on orders over $97. They're called For Patriots because a portion of every sale is donated to charities who support veterans and their families. Just go to fourpatriots.com and use code PREPPER to get 10% off. That's fourpatriots.com. Use the discount code PREPPER and start building your own food stockpile today. You have your threat assessment and plan in place. Check. You have food stocked up. Check. You have your get-home bag. Check. You have your fire and first aid supplies. Check. You have a generator and auxiliary heat source. Check. You have everything you need to keep your family safe, happy, and fed for a month. Except water. A family of four would need a minimum of 120 gallons just for a month. That's a lot of water. It's heavy, and it takes up a lot of space. For less than the cost of water containers to store that 120 gallons, you can have a family-sized Pro One gravity water filter. Then, 
As long as you can source water from a creek, a stream, river, lake, pond, even a mud hole, you can have crystal clear, clean drinking water. We have the big plus. Not only is it the backbone of our emergency water plan, we use it every day. It makes the water taste better. It is so simple to operate. Just put unfiltered water into the top portion and clean, safe water comes out into the bottom portion. The Pro One Gravity Water Filter takes out over 200 contaminants, including viruses, bacteria, parasites, heavy metals, herbicides, and pesticides, microplastics, acids, pharmaceuticals, and more. There's a Pro One Gravity Water Filter for you. Go to our website, www.practicalprepping.info. Click on that link and check it out. All right, continuing with our topic about trying not to become overwhelmed and and especially not quitting your preparedness journey, we're trying to give you some topics and some hints to help you positively be encouraged to continue your preparedness journey. And part of that is going to be practicing self-control, also known as discipline or self-discipline. And that's an area that I am working on, working hard, not having the county job now. I don't have as structured of a day. I get to structure it myself and having that discipline or that self-control. And I'll be honest, it's a struggle. Yeah, it is. Because it often involves resisting immediate gratification in favor of long-term benefits. That is hard. That's tough. So practice self-control by delaying your gratification and avoid making impulsive decisions Try to make conscious choices that align with those goals that you set. I'll give you a good example. In the 1990s, I was living two and a half miles from my dad, and my office was in my house. And dad would come by quite regularly to drink a cup of coffee. And any time my dad came by, I did not have time-limited work And when he came by, I would take a break and we would drink a cup of coffee and then he would go on about going to Wally World and seeing all of his friends. He had to go once a week to see everybody he could run into. And he might spend an hour in there and not even buy a thing. That's his retirement day. That was (laughs) it. I mean, he wanted that. that He knew everybody in town. Everybody Mm -hmm. in town went to Walmart. So he would go see friends. But He would come by once in a while. Now, his brother, my Uncle Jack, had a lake about six or seven miles from us, and it was a fantastic bass and crappie lake. Some of you folks say crappy, but it was crappie, Mm -hmm. panfish. And Dad would come by, and he'd say, you want to go up to Uncle Jack's? I've got you riding reels in the truck. And, you know, it was more times than not, I said, give me five minutes. (laughs) <laughs> and we would head off to Uncle Jack's and we would catch us a mess of fish. And it was an impulsive thing on my part. Today, I would make more conscious choices aligned with my goals and say, well, I can't go now, but I can go tomorrow. Well, so what you're saying, too, is maybe get the harder work done on this end, on the near end, so that you can have more time to say yes to leisure activities on the far end. Right. And that's delaying the gratification. But in our case, Dad said, you want to go to Uncle Jack's? And that was just an impulsive thing. Give me five minutes and we'd go fishing. <laughs> Here's one I'll admit to, but Krista will admit I'm getting a little bit better. And that's avoiding procrastination. 
Not only is it a thief of time, it's the thief of life. Mm-hmm. Our ability to stop procrastinating, get on with the work, can change our lives. Do one small thing to get started. As I was writing this the other day, I thought about something Krista had made mention to me, and that was, and I told her I would do it after a while, so I procrastinated. And what it was was change a battery in a clock. The battery in the clock up in the wall over the TV had gone dead. And so it was reading 3.30 at 9 in the morning. So yeah, definitely had hung up. It had hung up. And so as I wrote this, I thought about that clock. So I jumped up, I went through, I grabbed a pin light battery out of one of our uh, battery containers, the battery buddy that has, I don't know, hundred and something batteries in it. And I went in there and I grabbed that clock off the wall and I changed that battery, made sure it was ticking, turned it over to set the time and it was correct. And you know why it was correct? I had procrastinated and she had changed the battery. Uh, let me back up. I made mention because this clock is kind of high up on the wall and a much easier for Mark to reach than for me to have to reach. And so I said, that clock is going to need a battery. And his response was, I'll get to it later. And so I had two minutes to spare later on. I got the battery first. I changed the clock. I set the time and I stretched and reached that clock back up on the wall and walked away. And so the funny part was he changed the battery again on a clock that didn't need it. So I'm I'm working on... Avoiding the procrastination. I'll give you credit. You w- you did say that you would do it later, and you did that within a six-hour span, mm-hmm. which is pretty good for you. And you were gone the whole time. I was. So that's, you know, <laughs> lesson learned. If you need to change a clock battery, check to see if your wife's already done it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at the time being correct was a giveaway. Well, yeah. Now, here's something that Krista and I do with each other. And I have asked her to do more so with me than she has been willing to do. And that is to hold me accountable. We need to be accountable. First, to ourself. We need to set personal deadlines and hold ourselves accountable for meeting those. Or, and this is where Krista comes in, I want an accountability partner who will help keep me motivated and on track. And she doesn't understand that me having to look at her and say, no, I didn't do that. That is kind of an embarrassment to me. And that makes me do more things that I need to do. So I can tell her, yes, I got that done. Rather than having to say, no, I didn't do it. See, this is a fundamental difference in character. And I'm not saying either one's right or wrong, but there's a difference between Mark and me when it comes to accountability. I am a self-accountability person. I feel like I need to account to myself over whatever goals or actions or tasks that I need to take care of daily, weekly, monthly, or quarterly. And Mark is much more outside validation, accountability, motivated. He wants me to ask him if he's done this, if he's thought this, if he's written this. He wants to be able to 
you know, admit to me that he blew it or or be able to proudly proclaim that he's not only finished that task, but 10 more. And so in his mind, having me hold him accountable is what he wants me to do. Yeah, and it goes back to having had a mentor many, many years ago. And we would meet every Wednesday morning at the Waffle House in Trustful. And he would have toast and coffee, and I would have scrambled eggs, bacon, and coffee. I still remember that well. And each day we would talk about things, and then we would get down to, okay, what have you done this week? And see, I would each week give him a game plan of what I plan to do that week. So it was not that he was, I mean, he was doing this out of the graciousness of his heart, fantastic, godly man, about double my age at the time. And there were times that I got everything done I intended to do, but there were also times that I did not get those things done. And sometimes he would say, why? And it might have been something that was very, very legitimate. It might have been something that we got called away for something or what have you. But when I had to, when I had to look at him and be honest with him and say, I just didn't want to do it. That was embarrassing to me. Well, that just takes me right up to the next topic, which is to track your progress, keeping a record of your preparedness activities and any milestones that you may have achieved, because that's going to help you stay motivated. It does. It'll provide a sense of accomplishment as you see your progress over time. Yeah, I have stacks of paper right here that I have my daily sheets where I would write down my to-do list for the day, and then I would turn it over and I would write down kind of a time log. I would write down what I had done during such and such period of time. Now, don't use the paper now because I've gone to an electronic version, but it does help to track your progress, and you can see how you're growing Well, something else you can do that'll help you stay motivated and maybe get you excited back on the preparedness train is to celebrate some of your small victories, you know, some achievements along the way. Give yourself a little pat on the back, if you will. That kind of thing can boost motivation, too. Yeah, I can remember Zig Ziglar in one of his tapes talking about when he had to lose, I think, 26 pounds and he decided to start running. The first day he got up and he ran to the next mailbox. And then the day after he ran two mailboxes. One day he ran all the way to the end of the street. And eventually he ran all the way around the block. And he he said he came home, he woke up the whole family, and he said, guess what dad has done? He'd run all the way around the block. And I guess they had a little party. They had a little party. (laughs) And then it got to where when he was in his 60s, he was running... Five, six, seven miles every day. Wow, he got in good shape. He did. Super good. He really did. Well, he did stay motivated, and that's the next thing we want to remember. Reminding ourselves of the importance of preparedness and all those potential benefits that it can offer, you know, obviously during the emergencies. And staying informed about real-life examples 
where preparedness made a difference. See, those are the stories that really motivate me is actual real life stories of where prepping made a difference. And we're going to write an episode about that. And that's why we told the story of how we went through, even though it was only a four hour power outage um, just a couple of weeks ago when the tornadoes went over. And we told how we used various aspects of our prepping to get through it. It was a good dry run for us. I say dry run. I mean, we were actually out of power, but we know that we could have continued for whatever length of time that we needed to. So we need to stay motivated, whatever it takes to do that. Sometimes it's remembering why you're doing what you're doing. If you're doing it for family, that's a great motivator right there. And that's one reason we prep is to take care of our family. Well, just like you said in the beginning that prepping and preparedness is not a one-off, one-time activity. Mm -hmm. It develops over time, and so does discipline. Discipline develops over time. You know, and if you don't meet a particular goal, just pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and start all over again. Just do a reset. Yeah, and, and be gracious to yourself. We don't want you kicking yourself because every day is a new day. When I have a lousy day, I just get up the next day determined to have a much better day. And it usually works that way. But by setting goals, creating a routine, staying focused, holding ourselves accountable, we can cultivate discipline in our preparedness. So we've developed a challenge for you, and here it is. Write out your goals, whether it is a prepping goal or maybe some other area of your life, and set a timeline and a completion date and make a plan to reach your goal. Then, if you would, let us know how it's going. Because you know what I always say. Stuff happens. Stay prepared. And we'll see you next time.